This is a Cato Special Podcast. I'm Caleb Brown. The financial crisis has, in some sense, destroyed Wall Street and has left the Federal Reserve, the Bush administration, and the Treasury Department with a series of terrible options. So how did we get here? Jagadish Gokhale, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, comments. As people are arguing about a solution to this mortgage mess, it's been very hard to come up with a clear narrative for how this actually occurred, uh, who is to blame, and uh, what you know what the process was. Well, I wouldn't want to assign direct blame to anybody, but I think you can probably trace the sequence of events that led to the current credit crisis. I think the first thing that happened was we saw an asset price bubble burst and stock market values collapsed in uh, 2000. Uh, Thereafter, very soon thereafter, we had the uh, 9-11 events, uh, which uh, both of these shocks uh, obviously were negative shocks for the economy, and the Federal Reserve was concerned that that would set off a deflationary spiral and they proceeded to reduce interest rates to unprecedented low levels. Uh, They held interest rates low for a long time, Uh, from the beginning of 2002 through the end of uh, 2005, interest rates were below 2%. Uh, The federal funds rate was below 2%. Well, that was uh, domino number one, low interest rates for a long time. And and this change behavior on on the part of bankers. Exactly. Uh, What that uh, led to was uh, a spawning of a huge industry in home loan originations and uh, bundling and reselling of home mortgages uh, to investors. Uh, The way that worked was people uh, would go and originate mortgages, banks and non-bank finance companies would Uh, sell mortgages to uh, people wanting to buy homes. And this process uh, uh, gradually uh, evolved into making loans with very poor documentation and also allowing very high loan-to-value ratios. So people got home mortgages for essentially nothing down. Uh, And as a result, uh, these mortgages... uh, were high risk. But the securitization of these mortgages, which is pooling all the mortgages together and then issuing securities based on this mortgage pool to investors, the securities would be serviced by the income from mortgage repayments. That securitization process uh, was viewed as a good thing initially because uh, it helped provide loans to folks who would not otherwise qualify for loans under these easy terms. But what it also did was it, uh, in hindsight, we now know that it also concealed where the bad loans were. Uh, The securitization process was considered safe by the ratings agencies because uh, it essentially was a way of diversifying risks across different uh, home uh, mortgages and homes located in different regions of the country. Now, traditionally, banks understand that when someone comes in to buy a home and puts down 10%, 15%, 
that uh, it is highly unlikely that the equity in the home is going to decline by that amount. Um, but we're talking about a situation where uh, a lot of these home loans were zero money down. Exactly. And right. a, a relatively small decline in home values nationwide could, could have did have a pretty dramatic uh, impact. That's right. I mean, what what happened was after holding interest rates low for a long time, up through 2005, the Fed then proceeded to increase interest rates under the impression that they needed to control inflation because the economy was booming and uh, output was high and there was a risk of triggering inflation as uh, production capacity uh, was being used up increasingly and there was you know production was hitting capacity so under those circumstances the fed increased interest rates but the effect of increasing interest rates was also to increase mortgage lending rates and higher mortgage rates meant that the demand for housing tapered off and that led to a peaking and then eventually a reversal of the home price increases that we had seen all the way up to 2006 well the reversal of home prices means that if you had a zero down mortgage then the and the value of the home declined then at some point the value of the house was less than the mortgage balance outstanding and if this was not your primary home this was a home you invested in hoping that the price would go up and that you'd sell the home well now you don't have an incentive to continue making payments on the home uh, you essentially have an incentive to walk away basically mail the keys back to the banker and say the house is yours. You can foreclose it if you want. I'm not going to make any more payments. And that process has now snowballed with the expectation, increasingly widespread expectation, that home prices are going to decline. So buyers essentially stay there. They, they wouldn't want to enter the house expecting that the prices would be even lower down the road. So demand fell off for houses, and home prices nationwide started to decline. Obviously, the decline is more severe in some pockets of the nation than it's not uniform everywhere, but it's much more widespread than has ever been the case in, in the past. As a result of declining home prices, even loans that had uh, 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 mortgagees put some money down are now underwater, meaning the home value might be below the mortgage balance. And so the incentive to essentially not perform on these loans or not service these mortgages is now becoming more and more widespread. There was a massive failure of agencies that were supposed to be rating these securities and trying to assess their value, their risk, uh, but it's difficult to assign blame there for a couple of reasons. What are they? Well, I think initially they considered this uh, to be these securitized home loans uh, to be uh, safe because essentially they diversified risks. Essentially, you could lend to a large number of people in disparate locations, and you don't expect uh, all the mortgages to perform badly. And so even though... Uh, uh, you're lending to slightly marginal uh, people with marginal credit histories, you'd expect that the booming economy would mean they'd continue to perform on these mortgages. So uh, the diversification element uh, in securitizing these mortgages meant that the securities that the investors were buying were expected to be safe uh, in, in the sense that they were, they were expected to perform. They were expected to return 
uh, funds to the investors as expected, or at least a positive or if not, you know, competitive market rate of return. But with a broad decline in home prices, what has happened is that same advantage of diversification has now turned over its head. Essentially, it's serving the securitized mortgage pools and the securities that are based on those mortgage pools uh, uh, mean that bad loans are concealed among good ones. And it's very difficult to go back and trace back which are exactly the bad loans and which are not. And as a result, uh, it's difficult to figure out who's holding the bad securities, uh, securities that are, that are now high risk and won't perform as expected. Investment banks, at least in the United States, are no more. The last two converted themselves into regular commercial banks, which invites a great deal more uh, federal scrutiny. What does it mean that, that the United States has no more investment banks? Well, the investment banks were not previously subject to uh, the Fed's regulation, which extends only over commercial banks uh, or commercial bank holding companies. The uh, investment banks essentially made uh, very leveraged uh, uh, operations, meaning that they borrowed money in order to make long-term loans with the hope that these loans would uh, uh, provide a high rate of return. And some of these loans were uh, made to these mortgage pooling uh, companies or, uh, to buy securitized uh, debt instruments. Uh, the hope was that this highly leveraged operation would provide the uh, investment banks with a huge deal of profitability. As it turned out, when home prices declined, those securities in which uh, they invested uh, uh, are not now expected to make these big returns. And so all these investment banking companies uh, came under tremendous pressure to demonstrate that they actually had deep enough pockets or had the reserves to pay back people who had uh, bought their own liabilities, that is, purchased their, their debt. Now, uh, with the change situation, with these non-performing investments, uh, it became very difficult to evaluate the balance sheets of these investment companies. What did they hold on their asset side was not at all transparent anymore. Who had the good securities, who had the bad ones on their asset side became difficult to evaluate. As a result, their share prices on, uh, on, on, uh, collapsed, essentially. And with collapsing share prices, they were required and 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 reduced ratings of their balance sheets. They were required to post more collateral, which they couldn't come up with. And as a result, uh, the Federal Reserve and Treasury had to step in. And some of these companies were sold; others collapsed. Some of them have now converted into commercial banks. And so, the investment banking industry as a, as a whole has essentially disappeared as a result of the credit crunch. Jagadish Gokhale is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at cato.org.